This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment right. It's time to get locked and loaded with two full hours of gun sports radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Palkey, and Michael Schwartz will teach you anything and everything there is to know about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your American right to own and bear arms. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now, here's your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Sports Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Well, we've got the, the dream team. Lance is in Japan with his lovely wife and daughter, and he is only over there to look for a car shirt for me. <laughs> what? Do they make cars in Japan? Yeah, little bitty ones. <laughs> so I told him he can't come back without a car or motorcycle shirt. But hey, folks, look for our shows on your favorite podcast platform. I don't know what they are, but everybody thinks that you know. So go to it and go to gunsportsradio.com, gunsportsradio.com. And don't forget, this is a two-hour show now, not a one-hour show. So hang around. Uh, the first-hour sponsor is Firearms Legal Protection. And these folks are our friends, and they're really great. And if you're looking for any kind of protection as a gun owner, Firearms Legal Protection is the best legal protection for self-defense. Check them out on their website at www.firearmslegal.com. And if you need a CCW, uh, CCW USA can take care of your needs right here in San Diego. Uh, If you want an Arizona, Florida, or multi-state CCW, visit ccwusa.com. That's CCU, CCWUSA, offers small class sizes, expert instructions that'll fit your schedule and your wallet. Three classes every month, two weekend classes in, and one Friday class. That's Saturday, January 11th, Friday, January 17th, Saturday the 25th, all starting at 8 a.m. Private lessons are also available. Great dates and times to meet your busy schedule. Check them out at CCWUSA.com. That's CCWUSA. Dot com. Well, we got Michael Schwartz and Joe Jermixi in the house. How you doing, guys? Good, man. Yeah. I spent uh, yesterday at the gun show in San Bernardino. It's the first time I'd ever been to the uh, gun show up in San Bernardino. How was it? It was awesome. Um, we were we were manning a booth that's actually it was actually kind of a, it was a joint booth for the brand brand new formed San Bernardino County Gun Owners mm-hmm. and Riverside County Gun Owners, which are very very close. You know, like proximity. Yeah, like something like eighty percent of the population of Riverside and San Bernardino mm-hmm. live on the the border of Riverside and San Bernardino, so there's a lot of uh, overlap. But uh, it was great. It was wonderful. Is that show about the same size as I the was one just here at Del Mar? Ask, yeah. It is about the same size as the one as Del Mar, in, in Del Mar. This one seemed particularly; it was a little smaller. I think that you know the first weekend after Christmas is uh, it doesn't doesn't have a huge crowd. So I think it was actually I think it I think normally it's bigger than the one in Del Mar. Okay, were the four protesters there? <laughs> no protesters. <laughs> oh man, no! I'll tell you, a little bit different environment up there. We actually I met uh, a guy walking by. He uh, turned out to be a school board member. And he was at a gun show in a Gadsden flag shirt. And I said, this is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is very different from Del Mar. So uh, it was great, though. We signed up members, and I'm so excited that San Bernardino and Riverside County Gun Owners, uh, the two different organizations, are, are, number one, working together hard. 
Um, big shout out to Lauren and uh, Terry was working and Scott was working today and a couple other folks. I apologize. I'm missing, but, uh, it was great. I, I bought the last bag of 380 snap caps that existed in the whole show, literally walked every single table in this show. And the last table just happened to have one bag of snap caps, which are like fake yeah. ammunition, you know? Uh, had one bag and it happened to be 380. That's exactly what I was looking for. So I bought the one and only and last bag of 380. And of course, bags. it's the last table you go to, right? The very last table. Very last table in the show. Went to every single. So one. you got your exercise. Got my exercise. Got some real 380 for Laura. She just got a nice 380. Oh, did she? Yeah, she got up for a present. She got a Glock 42, which is 380. Uh. So I got her a big box for front sight, which is coming up. Oh, and, that's right. Uh, you guys are all heading out to front sight. Yeah, and I got some barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Yeah, there's a guy selling some hot sauce and barbecue sauce. Yeah, how do you it's know not just it ain't good? Anymore. Did you road test it? He actually no. He actually said, "Hey, do you want a sample?" And I said, "You know what, man? You look like a guy who knows good hot sauce." So I have I have a ton I'll of trust you. Yeah, I'm gonna risk the five bucks. So how was it? <laughs> it was good. It was. Good. <laughs> it was good. It, it was wrinkled good. your nose a little. Yeah, it was just good. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, I might give it one more try. I don't know. So go back and see him next year and say, uh, "Excuse me, <laughs> up your game, dude." It was good. Yeah. It was all right. What did he have the sample it on? He have ribs or something there? <laughs> Your finger? <laughs> no, but we were right next to another guy. He made like uh, like season salt, like you know, like, uh, you know. And it was right next to him. He had a hot plate, and he was giving away samples from like with uh, like little pieces of beef. And so we were downwind of that guy the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's a long day though. Sometimes when you're next to that, <laughs> uh, that's a real yeah. Especially if you're not able to eat. So, so how many members do you think those two guys have got now? Those two groups? Um, uh, oh, geez, I don't know. You know, San Bernardino is not even a month old, and I think they have about a dozen members. Okay, uh, they have a bunch of commitments. They're starting off up. just like you did, right? Yep, because you're up over what? You over two thousand yet? Not quite two thousand. We're over sixteen hundred. Can you believe that? Yeah, I'm very happy with that. I mean, on a, you know, we should be at five thousand. You know, we should be at five. Lance thinks you should be at ten. We should be at twenty. You yeah. know, I mean, I don't understand why every. But what 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 more is going to have to happen before people realize they need you more than they thought they needed you? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, we were talking yesterday, and and San Bernardino, they're brand new, but they're motivated and they're uh, extremely excited. And Riverside's the same. And I said, you know, here's the thing: um, we don't need any bells or whistles. We don't need like giveaways. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is give us about thirty seconds to tell the story, and everybody that hears it. You know, yeah, they go. Yeah, that makes sense. It it is a good idea to get now, the right people elected. And I got it. I got an example, by the way, of of of, of bad people that are running for office. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, go to San Diego County Gun Owners uh, Facebook page uh, on Facebook. You just do a search for San Diego County Gun Owners, or right. go to sdcgo.com or uh, dot com or dot org. Excuse me, yeah, sdcgo.org and look for the Facebook icon. We just put up a picture of Wendy Wheatcroft, who is that. the head of Moms Demand, uh, you know, gun grabbers, right? And uh, she is endorsing Michael Bloomberg here in San Diego. Michael Bloomberg is the huge gun grabber um, who funded the. Uh, she's endorsing him. Endorsing him, yeah, right here in San Diego. So she's running for city council, San Diego City Council. She's endorsing Michael Bloomberg. I mean, you know, and the question we ask is, hey, is this what you want? Do you want the city council race to be about gun confiscation and gun grabbing and gun control? Because here's the example of why you need to be involved locally. What she, did you talk to her about this? Talk to her? No, she won't talk to me. <laughs> she won't talk to me. She's such an extremist. Um, we actually, uh, 
just last year, um, a, a PhD reached out and said, hey, we want to host a series of, of classes, uh, people from your group and people from the anti-gun group. And we want to teach you, you know, individually, uh, separately, I should say. Yeah, thank separately, you. we want to, want to talk about how to communicate with each other, okay? Um, how to have a conversation without just shouting at each right, other. Right, which is what they do. And our group jumped at it. Yeah, great. Let's do it. Let's, you know, and their fantastic. group said no. So their group, a couple of them said okay. And then the idea was we'd have three or four classes and then we'd come together and we'd actually have a conversation. And our group said, yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. Their group sent some people. But then we found out in the first meeting that Wendy Wheatcroft, this total extremist, uh, was basically, you know, her position was no way. No way. You know, don't even be in the same room with them. They're wow. evil. No kidding. And that's the kind of extremism. And, and this this percolates up. It starts at the city council. Sure, sure. And then it moves to Sacramento. And then it moves to Washington, D.C. Next thing you know, everybody's going, how did this guy get in office? Or how can, did this Wendy, lady get in can Wendy office? even explain why she's so against? I... Well, I, I, I <laughs> I, I, she's not real good at explaining much, frankly. That's my point. Yeah, she's not real she good. She just at, says no. She, yeah, she's, well, it's all the usual stuff. Well, gee, you know, people and are, are you know, bad things are happening to yeah, people. Guns are killing people. Yeah, and guns and, kill people. It's all the usual rhetoric. So, unbelievable. So, so she, yeah. So, what you're saying is she won't be on our show? She won't be on our show. I would love for her to be on the show. I would love her and I would be nice to her. Yeah, but she won't, she won't, uh, she won't talk to me. She won't, I, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I would love for her to be on this because she's actually a little too extreme. There's really no room for, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she actually, when we had our uh, seminar out at Del Mar and they required us to get armed security because they were worried about our safety. Two or three days before our event, they said, hey, you guys have to get armed security because we're worried about your safety. Her name came up specifically. So I think she might be too much of a, of, of an extremist uh, to even entertain on a, on a radio show or something like that. It just wouldn't make any sense. Okay. Is that an oxymoron, what you just said? Because don't you have a CCW? <laughs> don't you have a CCW? Don't most people in your group have a CCW? Yeah. I don't think we need an armed security. I think we can take care of ourselves. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous, but they 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 made us spend about two thousand bucks, and we had to get security, and it had to be uh, sheriffs, deputies. It couldn't just be like elite security in their red You're jackets kidding. or whatever. No. And her name came up specifically. Wow. They said her name specifically, and that was the they is the uh, crew at the uh, that runs the fairgrounds, the employees and. Let's take a break. That, that that was a great way to end that segment. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, folks, this is Gun Sports Radio. Don't go anywhere. We got so much to talk to you about. An hour and 45 minutes worth right here with Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, and myself on Gun Sports Radio, FM 961, AM 1170 the answer hey what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws firearms legal protection mike lance joe and i we use them firearms legal protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24 7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearms owner talk to the good folks at firearms legal protection today that's firearms legal protection 
at fire firearmslegal.com or call them at 469-310-9100 469-310-9100 Cali Key boy I tell you the California's uh, assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle what's the solution Cali Key it'll convert any middle spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon it's a true drop-in solution no milling no aesthetic modifications and no turning off your gas system keep your entire ar collection intact at a price you can afford that's cali key at k-a-l-i-k-e-y k-a-l-i-k-e-y dot com so you know the home mortgage interest rates have been dropping like crazy and if you're looking to buy refi or even consider reverse mortgage you need to call a local mortgage guy that you can trust we got just the guy, Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303, 619-722-1303, or you can just go to primerez.com backslash alpine. All right, my friend, who have you got on as we speak? Well, we have, have a very interesting guest that... Um, you know they uh, talk about uh, we're a gun or uh, gun <laughs> gun ownership organization. That's weird. Um, so we're not specific to hunting, but obviously a lot of hunters own Do you hunt? firearms. Yeah. So uh, one thing that's very interesting is you know you hear about groups like PETA and Sierra Club and like the biggest group of conservationists, not just in the country but in the world gun owners especially hunters mm-hmm. so i wanted to bring on uh, a great guy leaf olson from the safari club san diego to talk about uh, an issue that they're working on very hard and successfully they're repopulating a uh, group of uh, pronghorn sheep i believe leaf are you there yes i am thank you how are you doing well appreciate you having me on you bet thanks for coming on and thanks for everything you do for the safari club in san diego i think Absolutely. you guys are a wonderful organization yeah, it, it's been an absolute pleasure working with them. I've probably been involved with over 20 years. And one of the special things, kind of what you mentioned about hunting organizations, in that they're doing more for conservation than any other group out there. And Safari Club and the San Diego chapter is just one example of that. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's not just symbolic. I mean, you guys are actually doing things. You're repopulating uh, groups of animals that uh, are, are 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 struggling. I guess is is that is that accurate to say? Yeah. So it's it's been a, a great project. And for those of you that listeners, we used to have prong here in, here in San Diego uh, County. Uh, they used to be here, and it was documented when Cabrillo settled into the Bay, and as late as the 1940s, uh, General Patton, when he's out training in the backcountry in what's known as a Chuckwalla bench, uh, had pronghorn out there. And so what happened was um, there was a critical, and they got to a critical point uh, back in 2002 with the drought. And so it's an initiative both with the, the feds, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Arizona Game and Fish, California, Bureau of Land Management, and the Marine Corps is to repopulate these animals. And the San Diego chapter has taken the lead on this. Now, what is a pronghorn sheep? What's that? What's it look like? Well, it's actually not a sheep. Uh, pronghorn. Oh, most sheep, people sorry. refer to them as, as antelope. Antelope. Um, okay. 
but it's actually it's its own species, unique to the United States. And what's really fascinating is these animals. Uh, it's more people would be a knowing of them as far as like the pronghorn that you'd see in Wyoming or Montana. They're uh, the fastest land animal that we have here in the United States. And there's a number of subspecies. And what we've done is we found out through uh, DNA analysis which pronghorn were actually here locally. And one of the agencies, you know, when they said, hey, great idea, guys, to repopulate, but what was it? And through this chapter, and in conjunction with the Natural History Museum, we collected 20 different samples from five different museums, had DNA analysis done by the University of Arizona, and actually put it on a map of what is what was here. So 100 years ago, uh, there were, they, they existed. They were a lot more prevalent in, in San Diego County. What happened? What, what, what really affected their numbers? You know, it's, it's unfortunate it's just us. Uh, the biggest threat to wildlife is just uh, loss of habitat. And what happened was when we started putting in freeways and cement lining canals, uh, that disrupted them. They're an amazingly resilient animal. They're tough. But at the same time, when you, when you break up their, their territory, they had a tough time. And that combined with some untimely droughts that uh, really hammered them. But the nice thing about it is uh, they're making a comeback. And they're a beautiful animal. Yeah, they're really special and I, unique to the United States. But I wouldn't make them mad. Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen the rack on this guy? Dude, if he ever poked you, it'd be, ooh, ow, ooh. <laughs> yeah, they're, like I said, they're an amazing animal. Well, uh, and, like and I... I and the reason I wanted to, you know, the reason I asked, you know, what happened is I, I want people to, to understand out there that they weren't hunted to extinction, that this was just a habitat issue. And then, like you said, some droughts and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But what's happening is hunters are stepping up to repopulate uh, the, the population of, of pronghorn. And, and talk about that. What was the what was the catalyst? Why did you guys do that? What 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 was the decision? Well, we've been doing this for quite a while, and, and I've always said this, that hunters were the first conservationists, and we continue to be. And regardless if it's white-tailed deer or bison or Canada geese, the, the success stories are, are there, that we've, hunters have, because we're out in the field and we see what's happening in nature, and Safari Club is also instrumental in bringing back turkeys to San Diego County, something that I truly love to hunt. And we saw this, we saw this as a need, and we saw this as an opportunity, and it's turned out to be really great in the sense of the local chapter uh, taking a leadership role. And it's something that we've done throughout. Uh, we've we've donated to, you know, putting in guzzlers of radio collar uh, deer, et cetera. So this is just a, one in a, in a line of uh, projects that we've taken on. Wow, that's amazing. So how do you how do you do it? Uh, you know, like what what exactly are the actions being taken? So it's interesting. I I, I have to laugh sometimes. Um, we've been I call us the we're kind of like the one of the great things about Safari Club, specifically this chapter is when we have a fundraiser, we get that money, and we're all volunteers. Okay, we don't take a dime. This all goes back into the community, into the environment. And so what happens is this came up, and we're really, the members of this group really are leaders, and what they did is they answered the questions. And it's so easy for people to say, well, what about this, what about this? And so it's been a step-by-step process, like I referred to first. First, we identified what animals are here, 
Then the next question was, okay, what's your plan? So we project one of our members, great gentleman by the name of Bob Smith, put together a completely detailed project plan that has now been adopted by U.S. Fish and Wildlife for the reintroduction of these animals. And so now it's a step-by-step process of going through that plan. We're building up uh, the resources and infrastructure out on the Chukwala to be ready for when these animals are going to be transferred from Arizona. Transferred from, okay, so you're going to ship them in from Arizona. Is there a place at all in San Diego County where you can find them or, or even Imperial County? No, so the, the, the Chukwala is in Imperial County. Uh, we looked at a number of sites in San Diego, and unfortunately, pronghorn, as the old saying goes, you know, the deer and the antelope roam, they need a large area. Oh. And so this Chukwala, which is a, a great com- combination of the habitat that they were known to be in, and also, believe it or not, because the military is out there, uh, it gives them shelter. Uh, that that provides some cover for them, even though you you think it's a bombing range out there, but it's very restricted where they are at. So we have an opportunity to put animals out there and have them kind of isolated, which is a great thing. Nice. So is there a, what's the future look like? 10, 20 years down the road, what's what's it going to look like for these animals? You know, what we're really hoping and uh, is hopefully by next year we'll be ready for animals. If any of your listeners are used to the military, as I've been, you know, familiar with, is you're waiting on orders. You know, nothing happens without orders. And so right now we're just waiting for Fish and Wildlife to go through the the chop chain in Washington, D.C. They submit a map of where these animals are projected to roam. Once that gets approved, then it goes. So there, we're thinking hopefully next year we'll get animals in. Curious never now. If we're lucky, we're going to have fawns and we're going to have animals out there. Uh, I doubt just because of the real estate. Um, that we're ever going to have a humble population. But the irony is, I have said that, you know, hey, we're, from day one, this isn't a, a huntable thing that we're working on. But three different zoos have said, no, 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 we want, because if we have that many animals that you can hunt, well, that means you've had a huge success. So hopefully in five years, you're going to be seeing them out there. Right. And, it, you know, so that that's awesome. So you think there will ever be a day that uh, people hiking in the backcountry would, would catch a glimpse? you know in our lifetime or what do you think oh yeah yeah that's that's amazing is we can get them out there one of the things that there's been so many good hunting groups uh that have put in what we call drinkers basically it captures rain out there because of what's happened to the colorado river that we've expanded the areas where the habitat can be and so there's people out there who are hiking i'm sure that they once they see deer they'll also see pronghorn at some point that's awesome well that's yet another example of gun owners and hunters uh you know making working together working together and making uh making the world a better place frankly and i i mean that in all sincerity uh you know without any hyperbole and i really appreciate what you're doing if people want to help they want to contribute if they want to learn more about it what is our website yeah so a couple things they can do and this is Great. Like I said, we're a nonprofit. We're a 501c3. So we really encourage people to come to our, <clears throat> excuse me, come to our fundraiser, which is this uh, Saturday at March 7th at Paradise Point. You can go to our website, which is sandiegosci.org, and take a look. Also, we have funds set up specifically for pronghorn, and we also have funds for wounded warriors. We've done this for years now. Also, if you're in, you know, we take young kids out and either it's fishing or shooting sports and stuff like that so again this is a chapter that's 
done amazing things throughout the county. And so I please encourage people to go to the website, again, org and and come to the fundraiser. It's a blast. You have a great dinner. You can bid on some amazing trips uh, throughout the world, and there's plenty of uh, raffles for great guns, if you're talking about it, as far as for uh, hunting and yep. sport shooting. I've been there. It is. It's a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on, and thank you guys for all that you do. Excellent job. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. We'll definitely yeah. have you back. We'll definitely have you back. All right. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. We come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. That's a new sponsor. We got to get Traeger. Did we get sponsor? Traeger? We got to get him as a sponsor. I'm on still working show. on new skis, but yeah. Yeah, because I tell you. Traeger and new skis. Traeger's and new skis. Hey, folks, let me just talk to you about this. AO Sword Firearms. You ever been there? Let me tell you, that place is off the charts. They got the widest selection of guns in San Diego County with over 600 unique guns in stock, including hundreds of used guns. Go see their full-service experienced gunsmith. They can do everything from mild to wild. Right there, AO Sword Stores, located 929 East Main Street in El Cajon. Go to their website at aosword.com or call them at 619-749-4867. Build, buy, or repair. AO Sword is your go-to place for all things firearms. And this segment is brought to you by Gatsky Dillon and Balance LLP. Go to cafirearmslaw.com. Uh, That's cafirearmslaw.com. John Dillon and his associates are the best gun lawyers on the planet. And if you don't believe it, check them out. In fact, John's on the line. How you doing, bud? Hey, how's it going, guys? Did you uh, have a nice New Year's? Yeah, a nice, mellow one. I, I'm one of the people that firmly believe if you try to plan some extravagant thing to do on New Year's Eve, it always ends in failure. So <laughs> might as well just relax and kick back and enjoy the night. There you go. <laughs> in bed by nine. Oh, yeah. I think I made it to ten that night. <laughs> Nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Trying to be responsible. Well, you're a dad. You know, you got, you know, six, seven, eight, nine kids now. I mean, you know, you can't be messing around. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was a good New Year's, and I hope all your guys' New Year's was a good time. Absolutely. So what good news have you got for us at the first of the year? Well, well I actually have a question. Oh, wait. A I have question. a question, John. Are we going to wanna... stump your lawyer? Yeah, we're going gonna to play stump my attorney. <laughs> So this one came in. This is a really interesting question that just came up right before the radio show. Um, And I thought I would uh, put you on the spot and get your take and see what your what your thoughts were and uh, give as much advice as you could uh, with all the facts we have. So here's what we got. We have a guy who lives in California. He has an AK-47 um uh-huh. that is has all it's 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 california would consider this an assault rifle uh it, it's got all the features it's got a detachable magazine it's semi-automatic it's got a pistol grip um it's an ak-47 i think it even has a collapsible stock 
So uh, there's no way he can import that as it is um, into the so state. Out of state. It's out of state. Correct. So he can't import that into California. Um, there's no way he can open it up and register it as an assault weapon, nothing like that. His question, though, is he said, hey, this AK-47 actually has some uh, uh, sentimental value. So what he wants to do is he wants to import it to display it in his home. And uh, the question is, can he simply take the bolt out of the AK-47, import it and uh, display it and never use it as a firearm? Or what would he have to do? Yeah, so when you're doing something like that, there's a mixture of laws that come into play. Uh, First and foremost, uh, you know, the assault weapon laws. So if this guy has an AK-47, just to bring it into the state, he's going to have to make it compliant, which means he's going to have to make it either a fixed magazine to where uh, you have to disassemble the firearm action in order to release the magazine. Uh, and if he does it that, if he has a fixed magazine, then he'll still be able to have the collapsible stock, the pistol grip, flash hider, all sorts of stuff. Uh, or he can convert it to featureless. And now all these conversions, first of all, have to be done outside of the state before they even bring them in. You can't bring it in and then convert it. It has to be done beforehand. But basically, uh, the other one is featureless. So if he gets rid of all those very evil features, uh, you know, uh, like the classical stock, pistol grip, flash hider, forward vertical grip, whatever he has, uh, takes all those off and puts, uh, you know, a non-pistol grip, you know, uh, and fixed magazine on the, on the rifle and removes a flash hider, removes for, forward vertical grip. Uh, then he can bring it in as a feature of this rifle and that's a okay. But, you know, you're saying that it has sentimental value, so I'm assuming that the configuration it's under also is part of that sentimental value. I, yeah, I would so, say that the configuration is definitely under the sentimental sentimental value, and he doesn't actually want to use this as a firearm ever. Yeah. So, again, if you take the bolt out, um, it's still that's still the receiver is still a firearm. Um, whether or not it's a functional firearm uh, is, you know, up for debate. But, uh, you know, just as a reference, you know, if you separate the upper and lower receivers uh, of an AR-15 style firearm, and this is according to the California DOJ regulations, uh, those two things separated because you've removed the semi-automatic bolts and the upper receiver and the gas tube and the uh, the barrel and everything, the, the lower receiver is no longer considered semi-automatic. So no. possibly it's, you know, if he removes the parts that would make the gun semi-automatic, uh, that's also a, a way of getting that compliant. Although the California DOJ regulations don't talk about the AK platform when it comes to that type of stuff. So I would recommend he talk with, you know, me or another lawyer, you know, officially before I do anything like that. Um, but it's, it's, all, it's, you know, it sounds like a just simply not having a bolt doesn't sound like enough. Maybe if he didn't have a bolt and he didn't have a trigger mechanism. It's going to be dicey. And this is the other thing that people need to consider. And you know, I'll relay it to something else here is, yeah, you may, let's assume that taking out the bolts totally fine makes it good to go. When you look at the gun, it, it looks like an assault weapon. And if a uh, police officer, law enforcement, anyone were ever to see the gun, if it's on display, uh, 
that may, you know, raise some eyebrows and some questions. Uh, and now you're in a position where you have to say, no, no, it's totally okay. It's not an assault weapon uh, because they took the bolt out. And generally those conversations don't ever go well uh, with, with law enforcement. And likely your gun's going to be confiscated and you're going to have to be talking to a lawyer anyway. Um, so I, I wouldn't recommend uh, that and doing any of that just by, you know, taking the bolt out without changing the cosmetic appearance because you still have the look of an assault weapon. Uh, and frankly, uh, the law enforcement, uh, from my experience, is not good at identifying what is and what is not an assault weapon. Um, you know, these technicalities and, you know, technical definitions of, you know, what angle you can hold your gun at, you know, is... They can be confusing, and law enforcement—they're—they're they're people too, and they get just as confused. So, I would hesitate to do something minimal like that. Um, unfortunately, if he wants to bring that gun in, it would require him to make significant changes to the firearm, which may get rid of that sentimental value, um, or at least the look of it. It's possible to bring it in as a non-assault weapon, regular rifle, uh, you know there's no real actual distinction between the two, but according to the DOJ, there is. Hey, John, um, John. Yeah, it's going to be tough <laughs> in that sense to bring his gun as is. Hey, John, even if, um, if the gun was uh, California compliant, is it even legal yeah. to, to be able to display a firearm? Like I remember growing up as a kid, lots of people had gun cabinets and racks and, we're very proud of their guns and displayed their guns. Is that even legal to do out here anymore? Well, again, so that's another thing that you'd have to consider when you're talking about displaying gun. Now, um, you know, in San Diego, the city of San Diego passed a, a local ordinance uh, mandating, you know, storage of firearms and them having to be locked up, disabled, or on your person, essentially. Um, so depending on where this guy's moving in, you uh, into California or lives in California, you know, whether or not he can display the gun, does he have kids or the people that, you know, likely are prohibited that would enter his house at any point? Is there any reasonable belief that someone either underage or prohibited would have easy access to the gun? So displaying a gun just, you know, kind of on a gun rack that you'd freely be able to do in many other states in this country uh, may be concerning it in California. Now, uh, that's going to depend on his specific situation. Um, but, you know, personally, I always recommend that, you know, if you are going to display your guns, it's great to display them, you know, behind a, a nice plexiglass, you know, uh, wall or some sort of cabinet where you can lock it up. And that just, you know, separates it and it doesn't let people touch or mess with your stuff, especially if you're not around. So I would recommend if it's going to be displayed, put it in some type of cabinet or case where you can still see it, you can still admire it, but uh, you want to lock on it, uh, especially if there's other people that are going to be in your house. Well, he's lucky there. He actually lives in Hollywood, which is in L.A. County, so that's he's he should be safe. <laughs> well, again, L.A., uh, 
Don't know if they've passed yet, but I, I've heard that they are also at least discussing the same type of ordinance. Yeah, I was being, I was, I was Be making a, a I was making a funny, <laughs> but he does. He lives up in Hollywood. I'll have to. I'm gonna, just going to put him in touch with you. I know there's some other firearms that he would like to import into California, and he wants to make sure he does it legally. Um, do, do you handle that a lot, John? Do people contact yeah, you? I get, I get a lot of people that have called me. You know, uh, I've had a number of clients that have called in. You know, they're coming from. Texas or Kansas or Idaho or, you know, a bunch of other states where there's a lot more freedom. Uh, you know, they trust their citizens a lot more in those states. Uh, and so they come in and they're like, hey, you know, I got 100 to 300 guns uh, that I'm bringing in. I've been collecting for 60 some odd years. And I'm how, moving how many to California. Of those, how many of those are gang members, John? <laughs> Zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're all very nice, uh, you know generally older gentlemen that have those numbers that come in they've been collecting their whole life and so they have all sorts of guns and you know i i've sat down with them and you know we'll go over all the guns that they have and make sure that they're compliant before they come into the state awesome man all right you are the best as always your 2020 uh resolution is coming to the studio some sunday Sounds good, guys. All right, buddy. Take care. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. A whole lot more right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Machine to Gun Sports. FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. And what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Mike, Lance, Joe, and I, we use them. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearm owner. Talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com or call 469-310-9100. That's 469-310-9100 or go to FirearmsLegal.com. Gun owners, be ready with a lawyer in your corner. This segment is brought to you by the Gun Range San Diego, 7853 Balboa Avenue in San Diego. 10 to 10, seven days a week. Go to the Gun Range San Diego. That's the Gun Range San Diego. They're the Nordstrom's of gun ranges, just not the price. All about customer service. And with us today, I think we got Casey on the line, right? Yes, sir, indeed. Ex-Marine firearm expert. Does it all. Barbecues. Yeah. Does everything. I have, I have my moments out here of greatness. I'm sure you do. I, I, see, <laughs> I see the glow when I drive by, and I go, oh, look, Casey's working today. You're darn right. I'm always in here. <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody had a great holidays, you know, Christmas and New Year's. Had a huge influx of people coming in with all their new toys, so we've been extremely busy around here, which we're not complaining about. We love seeing everybody's new firearms and everybody getting into the new hobbies that we're so fond of nowadays mm-hmm. uh you know leo like a what was it day before christmas or new year's eve 
at the end of the day, because we count all of our waiver stuff, I had around 600 and something plus different people in here on the range throughout the day. Whoa. <laughs> Which Whoa. is cool, quite a bit of people. So that day we were slammed. We, we had about an hour wait, but people were extremely patient and worked with us the entire time. We just got everybody in there shooting and enjoying the day. So holiday season always brings a giant influx. Same with the, all the weekends on here. So we are keeping rather busy around here. No kidding. So, mm-hmm. Michael, you got a question? So, what's selling this? That you know, going into twenty yeah, uh, twenty, you know, we kind of had mm-hmm. a, um, you know, we had an ammo uh, deal last year. Everybody was buying ammo, and yep. uh, before that, there was a big, you know, the the expansion of the assault weapons. Well, what, what's selling now? What are people asking for? Right now, I would say influx of guns. Um, for right now, uh, for rifle-wise, we're seeing a lot of 9 mils being bought. You know, the PC-9 carbines, the CZ Scorpions, uh, a couple of Chris Vectors. Seeing a lot of influx of 9 mils just because they're kind of one of the more newer, intriguing groups on the market. AR is still going rather steady. Not as, you know, busy as it used to be, but they're still going. Um, Shotgun-wise, we're seeing a lot of people switching over to semi-automatic shotguns. A lot of people. Just because, you know, you have your pump guns like Moss 500, Revton 870s, and all those. But now there's just a more influx of reliable semi-automatics like the uh, the Beretta, excuse me, Beretta 1301 Tactical, the classic Benelli M4. We're actually getting a spike of semi-automatic shotguns right now, which is nice, you know. It was been getting so busy enough that we actually put one on the range for people to actually enjoy. So those are kind of the big spikes. Pistol-wise, um, I mean, Glock Glock is always staying steady. You know, that's probably going to be one of the number one sellers. After that, we're getting a lot more HKs being sold, P2000, USPs. Um, for steel frames, I would say CZs. CZ FPO1, CZ PO1s, those are like hotcakes. We actually sold three of them today within the past hour or so. People are crazy CZ. about CZs. They love them. I've you know, barely touched one. I Honestly, I think the only time I've really – let me think. I think the only CZ I've actually fired wasn't a CZ. It was a, it was mm-hmm. a Jericho, and it was, it was a uh, demonstration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazingly uh, comfortable and accurate. It was great. It was wonderful. Yeah. I'm not you sure. Know, the CZs, the, the SPO-1 is more of the it's, – it's kind of like the go-to competition gun for people that want to run a steel frame like that. So the CZ SPO-1, and if you can find a Tactical Sport, Tactical Sport 2, Shadow 2s, those ones, all those people love, like those are the unicorns of the competition guns for steel frames, double actions, and whatnot. So people just, uh, reliability-wise, they're amazing. Accuracy, ease of use. They're probably, the CZs are probably some of the most rented firearms we have on our range. We have eight of them out there for a specific reason because they're the easiest to use, and especially for newer shooters, a lot of times they don't have the tight to have a semi-automatic function correctly. The CZs just have so much weight to them that, you know, even if they are limp it, the gun still sizes and runs perfectly fine to them, so... Everything has their merit on that. But, yeah, those CZs, just awesome firearms. They are, and they're ergonomically extremely comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. That's one of the biggest things. They have a plethora of different grips on it, but just the grip angle, how they have it set up with the tang on the back end and where you can do, you know, like your Ford Assist on the Ford Slide Release, the safety, decocker, it's just meant for your hands. Now, if I if I buy one, do I have to grow a man bun, or can I <laughs> yes, shoot? Yes, you do. Uh, that is that is the running jokes with right. the CZs. Is there for the hipsters? 
you know, it is kind of a funny thing that it comes down to that. My brother, he's he's a hipster and he has a CZ, so I can kind of verify that that is true. But <laughs> does um, he have a man bun? I <laughs> no. Well, he has a mullet. Does that count? Uh, <laughs> you should start selling man buns at gun. Uh, yeah, we we'll get the little clip-on scrunchy buns for the back of them. Some people might. Some people might get a little, mm, you know, iffy about that. But those ones are always going. Um, me personally, like I, the CZs are excellent firearms. They are. I, there's just something about it that I just don't shoot very well with them. So I just kind of you know leave away from them. That's kind of one of the bigger talking points we have with customers. A lot of times they're like, "Hey, what's the best gun?" Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, whatever you shoot well with is probably the gun you should go for for the most part. I mean, you know, I like my Glocks and HKs, 1911s. They just work for me. You know, I'm not saying anything else is you know garbage compared to them. It's just that's my preference, and that's what we try to instill in a lot of people. It's like, hey, go try a bunch of them. Go on the coming here on a Monday. It's ten dollars off all of our rentals. So most of the basic pistols that we have for sale, they'll usually be free to rent. So people can you know rent a couple of them out, check them out, find out what's going to work for them. Because the worst thing we want to do is you know, like we're here to sell guns, absolutely. But I don't want to sell a gun to a guy you know a week later. He's like, damn man, I just don't like that gun. I don't like it. And it's like, well. You know, buyer's remorse on that is not something that we're trying to have around here. We want people to enjoy their firearm, especially their first one. Because you can't take them back and say, I don't like it. No. No, I mean, if they want to sell it on their own, hey, they can do that. But, yeah, no, there's no returns on firearms. That'd just be, I can't even imagine how much of a pain that would be to try to the roses, have them come back to the, the you know, oh, business and do an inventory. No, mm-mm. Well, no. they're kind of like cars. I mean, the, the second you drive a car, you're an owner. Yep. Yeah. So yep. The second it's owned, it's a, it's a used car. It's, you know, exactly. It's, you put a yeah, bullet you know, through a gun. It's, it, uh, you know. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Once, once you put that first round, the instant that gun is drove in your name yeah. and you walk out the door, even if it is new in boxes, it's still, by definition, a used gun, yeah, which right. is oh so much fun. You know, the other but thing it, you, it, you it, talked it, about, the semi-automatic shotguns, um, mm-hmm. you know, I remember uh, years ago, um, the semi-automatics have come a long way. They, they've, they're they they're extremely reliable. I think a lot of people were nervous mm-hmm. about the reliability of, of, you know, 20 years ago. I'm, I'm going back 20 years ago, the reliability right. on some semi-automatic shotguns. It kind of felt like you were... Uh, you know, taking away one of the things that made a shotgun great, you know? But, exactly. But these days, they're extremely reliable. They are. You know, and every single brand that comes down to you, you have your Remingtons, you have your Mossbergs, Berettas, Benelli's, whichever one's running semi-automatics, some of them, and it's just how they're designed or whatnot, some of them will require a higher pressure load. Some of them can rock the low recoil, like the uh, the Berettas. Loves the low recoil buckshots that you can get. Awesome rounds. The Ber- the Benelli M4, they're big, heavy receivers. They're designed for heavier rounds. So if you're running low-velocity stuff, sometimes you can run into re- you know, reliability feeding and extracting issues on that. That's just the nature of the beast with that weapon because the M4 and the 1014 were designed for military. And uh, up here in the military, we, we despise ourselves. So we use the biggest, heaviest, heaviest hardest-hitting rounds we can get. That's just the nature of the beast when it comes down to that. So it's designed to fire those heavy recoiling, heavy velocity projectiles. So what we always encourage people, and the same thing with some automatic pistols and whatnot, buy a couple different brands, find out what your gun likes, and then stick with that. 
Same with rifles, same with pistols. Exactly. I mean, it really has. It used to be a matter of, uh, you know, all semi auto uh, shotguns were suspect, but that's just not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Good ones are good, bad ones aren't as good. Um, I, exactly. I, honestly, I don't know if there are any bad firearms. I think it's what, what fits you and what doesn't fit you. Exactly. You know, there's, I mean, I wouldn't say there's bad firearms. I would say there's some um, uh, uh, questionable firearms when reliability issues on that. Um, you know, it's just. Some guns are just meant to have fun with. Right. That's just what it comes down to. You know, is it going to be a reliable, is it going to be a gun that I would trust it with my life? No. Is it fun to shoot? Heck yeah. Yeah, but how that's many the, bad guns, st- how many, it's like a car. How many bad guns stay on the market? Mm, (laughs) is that another story is that another show another story for another time all right buddy hey thanks take care look forward to rocking with you in 2020 folks go down and check him out he's there till 10 o'clock tonight gun range san diego right here on fm 961 am 